Hello and welcome to another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast, featuring dream-accelerating inspiration. As always, you can learn more about my Dream Accelerator coaching process at jeffmeyer.org. You can click on the Move Forward Anyway tab and watch all of these episodes in video form, or you can download wherever you like to get your podcasts from. I'm your host, author, entrepreneur, and coach, Jeff Meyer. Welcome back, successful dreamers. We are awesome. We are so excited to have you back in another episode of our podcast, Move Forward Anyway. And I am ecstatic today to have the opportunity on this gorgeous day here in Wisconsin. I don't know what it's like in Atlanta, Chris, but um, it's beautiful here right now. It's not snowing. <laughs> it's a benefit, right? Another reason yeah. I live in Atlanta and not up there anymore. Yeah, right. It could snow tomorrow, though. You know, you never know. Um, it's so good to be with Chris today and uh, to share a little bit of his journey, his entrepreneurial journey, his life journey. Thank you so much, brother, for taking the time uh, to be with me on my podcast, Move Forward Anyway. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us uh, just whatever you want to tell us about yourself. Hi, my name's Chris Lalamy. I started uh, my own business 13 years ago after being in the corporate zoo for years. I, like many people, had a long and windy career. I started out as a manufacturing engineer, eventually got into bank mergers and working in process consulting, and then eventually got hired and got that job that we all covet, that corner office, Mercedes, custom suits, everybody working for you. Got really intoxicated with the money. I was growing a family. Uh, I had a very successful lifestyle. And I just turned to my wife one day and said, that's it. I've got to start my own business. I've always wanted to do it. And I started the Trusted Toolbox back in 2008. And if you remember 2008, yep, that's the beginning. So timing has never really been one of my best things. (laughs) So how did that go when you told her that I'm, I'm done? I'm, I'm, being killed here and I need to, I need to be my own boss. All right. So I will tell you exactly how it went. I came in at eight o'clock at night after a long steering committee meeting in corporate America, I just got beaten and I drove 45 minutes to my house, got in the house at eight o'clock, ripped my tie off, came in the office where she was working, threw it across the room and said, that's it. I'm done. And she looked at me and said, you may be done, but you better have a plan there, Sparky. And that was 2006. And that was, uh, okay, hang on. Before you just like decide you're quitting tomorrow, you better have a plan. Mm. I actually launched in 2008, but it began the gut turn moment for me was in November of 2006. So describe to me what happened then between 2006 and 2008 before you just, you fully went, went for it. So the first thing I did was, hmm, I know I, I know what I'm doing is not what I want to do, but what do I really want to do? And then I went through the journey of, I know it's not this, what is it? And I investigated mm-hmm. businesses. And then I started to really take assessment of what am I really good at? And that, that was a hard introspection as well. I put that in my book uh, of how hard it is to really say, you know what, I'm really good at this. And I will tell you, after I started the business in 09, I would tell you, um, I was I was full of it. I, I was not very good at some things I thought I was, but I was better mm-hmm. at but I did a lot of planning and then I, um, and I did a lot with a lot of people. I mean, it is hard when you're in the, you're getting that paycheck every two weeks 
401k benefits. You're seeing your kids go to a private school and you're living a, this lifestyle. And you're like, you know, am I really going to give this up? And, you know, you go through the ups and downs of, well, maybe I should just take it out. Well, maybe there is a better job. And then I, um, I surrounded myself with a lot of mentors who were entrepreneurs. And one of them just kept going in my ear. If you don't do it, you'll never do it. And you'll always wonder if you could have done it. If you don't do it, you'll never do it. You got to take the step, right? And that was the hard part was yeah. uh, when, and, you know, and so it builds. And so I went through uh, the ups and downs and you won't see this on the uh, podcast, but you know, the, the highs and the lows of, oh, I can do this. I have uh, irrational exuberance and I'm going to do it. And then you go through those real lows of, oh my gosh, this is a lot more than I thought it was going to be. And maybe I should just park that one and start going to the kids' baseball games more. Hmm. Yeah. Security is a very intoxicating um, reality, isn't it? Um, that sometimes keeps us stuck and not living our full life because, well, I mean, I talk about this a lot. Fear is a, is a powerful motivator to stay, stay where you are. Um, the 401ks and I'm sure I'm sure your wife had, you know, you better have a plan because, you know, I don't want, I, I still want that security. So. Right. The, the, the fear was a, is a, obviously it's a big detractor and it was also a motivator because uh, what my friend said, if you don't do it, you'll never do it. And the fear of me being uh, now I'm in my fifties. Uh, I started my business in my uh, mid thirties. Um, I didn't want to have that at 60 going, you know what? I wish I could have, I wish I did. And that fear drove me more. And that was one of the definitions of success that I started to develop for myself was I didn't need the big house, the country club, the fancy car. I needed to know that I could use mm. it up earlier, your whole brain. You get to use everything. Wow. So um, tell me, Tell me how the corporate um, corporate zoo you you talk about you talk about in your book. By the way, I would highly recommend the book, and we'll get you we'll get you a link uh, to that uh, in the in the show notes. But the the book that Chris has written is "From the Zoo to the Wild: Your Guide to Entrepreneurial Freedom and Wealth." Um, and so I want to I want to hear when you were in the zoo, how was that impacting you to um, over time, have have the um, the identity or the life kind of sucked out of you, kind of draining out of you. What what was that like? How did that That's impact physically, emotionally, spiritually? All the all the above. That's a great question. Corporate America does not reward an entrepreneurial mindset. It does not reward the take a chance, the optimism. They always reward pessimism and rearview mirror thinking. And for mm. me, I'm a very extroverted, and as I found about myself, an optimistic person. If you would have asked me two years before I left, if you felt I was an optimist, I would have been the guy who says, nah, I'm a realist, which really means you're a pessimist. As I And I had that beaten out of me. I had my optimism because if you walk into a, a room and take a chance in corporate America, you put your neck out on the line, they will find a way to eliminate that because we don't want cavaliers. We don't want revolutionary leaders. 
We want people who toe the line, who follow the mantra, who stick with the corporate direction, mm -hmm. because as a, as a company, that's how you build success. And for me, it was very stifling. I, I told the story earlier about when I came in and threw my, uh, my tie across the room. That wasn't the first time. Yeah. I did say, she goes, honestly, we can all tell you are miserable. I mean, I was Mr. Third Inning. I was Mr. Halftime at sporting events. Both my kids were very active in all kinds of sports and mm -hmm. activities. And I would be lucky if I'd made half of them. And that really dragged at me because I'm a guy who loves sports and my time wasn't my own. And I just started to develop this animus towards having to get up at 530 in the morning, which I still do anyway. Mm -hmm. You And I still work till whenever uh, I now do, but my time became my own. And so that really, it really became difficult. Um, and personally, uh, I probably wasn't as fun loving to be around and I like to be. Yeah. Yeah. So the genesis of the dream, it, it didn't come because you had an idea necessarily. It came because you were getting crushed and you, you, in order to survive and live your full life, you had to find something different where you could be in charge but you really didn't know what that was going to be. I had no idea. Um, I thought I did um, in the book. And I'll tell this again, my, uh, my Italian grandparents, actually Sicilian, both had their own business, which was very avant-garde uh, for a, a lady uh, in the fifties uh, and sixties, huh. which is really cool. My yeah. dad was not to go the entrepreneurial route and went into corporate America. And I remember at 17 telling him, well, I, I hope one day to have a business like grandma and grandpa. And he looked at me and said, hopes and wishes are at Disney and, and in uh, fairy tales. He said, if you want to do something, you better write it down. And I did. I'm like, all right, I'll show you. Defiant young man says, by the time I'm 35, I will have 50 employees providing automotive parts to the uh, automotive industry because I was from Michigan. That's what we did. Yeah. I had a piece of paper up until my last office move here at the Trusted Toolbox. I've just recently lost it. I can't find it anywhere, but I went back to that and said, I know I want to do something. I just don't know what the heck it is. <laughs> so how did you, how did you discover that then? I know you talk about this in your book. Uh, you, uh, you talk about the sold decision framework, um, helping people discover themselves, who they are, which is what some of the stuff that we do with the dream accelerator. Um, but Usually I'm starting with people that have a fuzzy idea. You're, you're starting with, I just can't continue in the zoo, uh, but I don't know what to do. So what kind of process did you go through? I mean, what were some of your ideas? I would love to hear just some of your ideas that you were thinking about doing. So again, very extroverted guy, love being out socially. And I started uh, throwing ideas out and I started surrounding myself by, with entrepreneurs. So here's my first idea. I'm in banking. This is 2006. Nobody could go wrong with, in banking in 2006. You start a community bank and you make millions of dollars and you can't fail. It's like betting on the stock market in 2000 and watching the whole thing go nuts. You know, that's like getting into real estate in 2000. And you, you just couldn't miss. I don't care if you were smart, dumb, sharp. It, it didn't matter. So I said, we're going to start a community bank. And then we start hearing about some of these guys going down. And then I realized, I don't even know how to run a bank. I'm a fix-it guy in a bank. I'm not a banker. So down goes that one. Then I was going to buy an engineering company, get back to my engineering roots, and they made gears, which I have a specialty in before I got into banking. 
So I got the NDA signed, looked into their bank, uh, looked into their book. Uh, remember, I'm from Michigan. I happen to have some engineer buddies who are still working at General Motors. There's one big assembly plant here in, uh, well, was here in the uh, in uh, um, Doraville, Georgia. These uh-huh. supplying gears to that one place. And my buddies were telling me, oh, by the way, the Doraville plant's not going to be there anymore. So they were <laughs> so I'm like, saying, it's not- <laughs> yeah. I actually then started, said, well, I'm going to get into construction development. I actually had the manila folder in my hand. And on June 17th in 2007, I was going to be a construction developer here in Atlanta doing infill development with my buddy. I happened to be at the bank. My position allowed me access to the real estate. Um, and it was just beginning to show the cracks. Hmm. And it hit me there on June 17th, 2007. That's the wrong idea. So I threw that one out. So I'm sitting on the back deck having a bourbon with one of my buddies. And he said, why don't you come up 1-800-CALL-CHRIS? We always call you for home stuff. You clearly have a passion for it. You, you, you've come over to our houses numerous times on the weekends. You've helped us with things. You've given us ideas. You fixed mm. up. Why don't you do that? And I went, hmm. Okay. Off we got something. So off I went. That's that's an incredible story. So it's like the the doors closed on some of uh, all the other ideas because you were you were researching it. I mean, you didn't just jump in blindly. You really scoped it out and it just wasn't going to work. And then a friend in conversation just drops an, an idea that makes you go, huh, why didn't you realize that you had that passion before? Yeah, that's a great thing. I, I don't know. Uh, I really do love talking about homes. Um, and so since I've started my business, I actually calculated it a year ago. I was in over 12,000 houses since I started my business. 12,000. Wow. Because estimates and going to see my guys. And today I've got a team of 25 that run around working on home repairs and projects here in Atlanta. And you know what? I really like it. It's fun. And I, I just, it, it just, he was like, I was, it's easy for me to talk about kind of like with everybody, it's easy to talk about things and fun. And that for me, that became, I was like, this is really easy to talk about. A lot of times uh, in discovering dreams and figuring out what we should be doing, what we should be pursuing, the dream is solving a problem. There's a, there's a gap or there's a something missing. And then you, you jump in with an idea to help solve that problem. Um, I mean, a lot of entrepreneurial starts begin that way, right? What, what problem is your business, the Trusted Toolbox, solving? The problem we're trying to solve and the, the idea that I'm trying to get across is professional home services in a traditionally unprofessional space. So we're trying to solve the fact that everybody has a home repair nightmare story. Everybody has a story about the guy you gave half the money to because you trusted him and you're a good person and they never showed up again the guy you paid the full amount to and he never showed up to finish the rest of the job or they used the wrong materials or they created a problem that you didn't find out about until two years later. We all have those stories. Mm -hmm. And the idea I had was from my professional background and being in the corporate America zoo and knowing that communication is paramount when you're in a big business and trying to put that with my guys in the skilled trade. Now, 13 years later, I would tell you, I'm a huge proponent of skilled trades. And I flip my idea here is I can put these guys in great positions to be successful personally, 
to help people in their houses so we don't have those nightmare stories. But these guys get rewarded for it. They make more for their family. I've got two of my guys now who say, Chris, I make more with you than I did when I was on my own. And that's the kind of stuff that really is rewarding in my business. But you'd ask the question earlier, I'd just tell you how I flip my mindset from, I'm going to get these construction guys who are unprofessional to be professional. Now I'm like flipping the script going, I'm going to give my guys the professionalism so they can show off their inner artist and do some incredible things. And uh, when you change it like that, that's where I have changed my passion, my focus uh, with my company. Wow. So there's a number of problems I hear there. The, the, the nightmare stories. Uh, I, I love your name, the trusted toolbox, right? So uh, you can trust me. You can, we're going to do the job. Uh, I can see that in you and hear that in you and you have integrity with that. Another problem you're solving is you're helping, you're helping people actually make a livelihood by growing your business and improving their place in the world as well. Yeah, that's, that's been the part, um, you know, Simon Sinek says, you know, start with the why. Um, my why was a lot different in the beginning. Um, and the what I do now is a lot different than the what when I started my business. When I was out there rumbling, bumbling, stumbling, I mean, I sold my Mercedes, bought two vans. I put myself in one of the vans because I'm pretty handy. My, my why, my what was not about, hey, I'm going to be a trainer and help people with livelihood. My what was, I got to fix some stuff, make some money and get going. <laughs> get going, right? So that I don't have uh, my wife freaking out because uh, I don't have a plan and we're not, uh, we're not surviving. Wow. So I think that's pretty cool too, is like you said earlier that um, you're, not, you're never going to do this if you don't do it. And so you took the step, you took the steps forward and then you, you don't even realize what is in front of you until you start moving. Right. Right. What, so yeah. the dream, cha the dream changes, the dream evolves, the dream advances, it grows, it develops, but it's never going to develop if you don't take that first step. Right. Especially, uh, especially making the leap the way I did it. One of the things will be very contrarian and probably a little controversial is I saved up uh, for a year and a half. I cut back on what we did for spending, but I was going to take the jump. And I will tell you that even one month prior, I was going to make it a side hustle. I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep my job. I'm going to stay at the bank and I'm going to just do this on the weekends and have the guys and I'm just going to run it from there. And I told uh, a good mentor of mine, what I was going to do. And he said, you know what, if you're half the way in, you're all the way out. He said, it will fail miserably. He said, if that's what you're going to do, he said, I'll just tell you right now, save your money. Don't do it because you'll fail. Versus mm -hmm. you can't just do this on the side, not to do what you want to do with your business plan, which I had shared with him that I wanted to be a multi-million dollar company. And I didn't want to just do this on the side. And that's really hard because I know you've interviewed people who kept a side hustle because you got yeah. things coming in. But if I would have made this the side hustle, I I think it probably would have failed. I would have given up on it. You would have probably given up on it and stayed stuck in that zoo land yeah. experience in corporate America. I think so. I really do. So talk to me about the fears um, that you had in that moment when he said, "You better go. You better go all in, or you're not in at all." What, that was what a big gut you? check. Yeah, big gut right. check, right? Yeah. In fact, the gut check happened uh, at a place that you and I both know in uh, Lake Nantahala, North Carolina at our vacation home, which we also had. 
So I had a lot of stuff. I, I, I still uh, and thankfully have been able to retain all my stuff. You could call it success. But the point is, I was up there and it was that time where I sat there and my family slept. And I think I got maybe 30 minutes that night, maybe an hour in and out. But I, I actually sat there just trembling, going, am I really sure I can do this? And I'm really willing to bet my family and take them from this veil of security that they feel they have and this lifestyle and upend the whole thing. And that gets really hard. It gets emotional to even think about it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah, that, that was a big moment, right? It was. But I came out of that weekend going, yep, I'm going to do it. I told my wife I'm resolved. I called my dad, who was a big, um, a big mentor of mine as well, and said, all right, I'm going to do it. And so that was February 15th, and then we started on April 15th. <laughs> and that was 2008? 2008, April 15th, 2008. I put my notice in on April 2nd. I didn't do it on April 1st, so they didn't think it was April Fool's Day. I had my boxes packed, thought they were going to kick me out. My boss looks at me and says, you can't go. I finally got in the right spot. You can't leave me. I said, I got to go do this. So uh, he asked me to stay through the end of the month, which I did. Uh, but I had already booked a job. Uh, again, best laid plans of the launch. My very first ad, uh, I was going to do a friends and family launch. But my very first ad was I was going to get back to my church and I put myself in a church bulletin at the Catholic church. And we went to church that uh, April 7th. And I saw my ad had already started running. I thought it was going to run in May. Oh, and there was a number on it. My ad. I didn't even have the phone hooked up yet. <laughs> we leave church, go to Best Buy, buy the phone, come back to the house, plug it in, put on the auto uh, the uh, voicemail at the time because this is 08. This is not being able to voice over IP. And I got a call that week, and we did a job on April fifteenth. So many people, Chris, uh, that I work with and help uh, sort through this entrepreneurial journey. They, um, they want to get everything perfected and get the whole offer, get the whole thing set up before they take the first step. And what I love about what you just shared is that you had nothing (laughs) basically other than the skill set in you to, to launch this. You didn't even have the phone hooked up. Um, we teach about the minimally viable product, like get get your thing out there, sell it before you actually have it, because you get you have to test the market if there's a market for what you're what you're doing. And it sounds like that's how you started. So I felt like I had a really good business plan and, and I use my business plan as a, a shopping tool and a way to talk with other people to get smart about what they were doing. And um, in that period I talked about that month before when I was talking to the other mentor, I'm like, you know, I just don't think I had this fully baked out. And he said, you never will. He said, just go. I'm like, done. So, and that's what I did. That's when I started realizing you're right. You can't, I mean, the phone hooked up. I felt like I had this whole thing buttoned up. I had a five-year business plan. Jeff, I'm telling you, man, I felt like I had it all figured out. And I'm sitting there, (laughs) I flip over the bulletin and there it is. I'm like, you don't have anything figured out, buddy. And uh, I was sat there, I mean, the whole time sitting in church going, well, I just got, I just got to leave. I got, I got to go. And uh, that's how it happened. I remember also uh, later on after I started, I had this really great idea. It's called the home maintenance organizer and a home maintenance preventative plan. I spent 
about two months. And at that time, two years into it, I was breaking even. So I spent probably two months and let's call it $500-ish on it. I signed up four clients. What was I doing? So the idea that, and I go this, it's just sometimes you just got to go out there and you got to have a process working that might be broken and then you can refine it later. Yeah. You refine it always, right? You're always refining it. You're always tweaking it as things change and develop. Wow, that is um, that is such encouraging news. Uh, kind of verifies some of the things that I've discovered along the way too. And it seems counterintuitive for folks to think, what, you mean I don't have to have it all mapped out? No, just get started um, and help people along the way and you'll discover so much more. Wow. So I'm sure that 2008, you launched, you got you got to church that morning and you saw the ad and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to get my crap together because <laughs> I got to go, right? I got it. I got a client already that uh, is ready to go. I better figure this out. Um, I'm sure that there were challenges and obstacles in 2011 and in 2012 and 2015 and whatever between when you launched and today, there's probably challenges and obstacles right now that you're facing. And there's fears that attach to those at every turn, right? So um, what are some of the fears and the obstacles that you're confronting now or recently in the journey? Most recently, uh, the fear now is uh, like getting this opportunity to talk to you with the, on this podcast is a blast. Uh, being able to publish the book. And I have an idea where I want to um, take our company called the Home Service Institute and get that going because I'm just not going to sit on the trusted toolbox. I want to keep going. So my fear now is just because you did it once and you made it through and maybe you forgot that while you're a success, it was just 13 years in the making. So it didn't exactly happen overnight. Yeah. So right now is, do I really, am I really ready to rock and roll and do it again? And uh, mm. out there and having that passion to persevere and keep optimistic. And those are the two uh, always that the optimism and perseverance will overcome those fears because the fears can lock you up. Yeah. And, being able now, I, I do, I feel, I feel very confident about it, but there are just like everything. It's the imposter syndrome. You, you never let your highs get too high and too low. And a passionate Italian guy like me, sometimes I get a little too low and uh, I got to pull myself back up. Yeah. So how, how do you do that? How do you pull yourself back up? How do you move forward anyway? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think I, I do, I do follow this one. Uh, is that the adult brain hears something today and needs a sleep cycle to fully develop and, and begin to do something with it. So I don't make any big decisions on my company on Mondays. I do not make any rash decisions without having one sleep cycle on it that will be a major impact to my company or my direction. And that's allowed me to kind of divorce myself from the situation and be more dispassionate to make a better decision within the soul framework that I mentioned. And that's really hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's really tactical. You probably have people too in your life that keep nudging you, keep encouraging you, <clears throat> leaving you, right? They're, they're invested in your dream. Yeah. I do, interested I do in find it. myself surrounding people like that. Uh, also uh, people who are good governors for me because I can, my passion is my greatest strength. And I, I mentioned this in the book. It's also mm -hmm. my biggest weakness. It draws people to me 
but it can also repel. And my passion can make me make rash decisions. So I have those people who are the governors. When I feel like I'm about to make one, I'll call a guy and say, yeah, it's Monday. He said, I thought you said you never make a big decision on Monday. I'm like, you're right. I'm going to make that decision tomorrow. <laughs> Wait a day. Wait yeah, 24 hours for the big decision. Especially Mondays in my business. Mondays in home services, uh, all the people have a chance to look at things over the weekend. And Mondays are usually the uh, are usually uh, a lot of fun. That's sarcasm. And uh, when we have a Monday holiday, Tuesdays are Mondays on steroids. And that's people calling saying, got a problem with what you did here. I have a question on this. Oh, I want some more work done. So Mondays are always our busiest day. Wow. Um, that's interesting. I, I'm a, a pastor of a local congregation as well. And Mondays are the time the most pastors resign. They make really? big, yeah, it's Mondays are rough. Um, you're coming off a high, right? You're coming off a, a big thing. And anyway, um, it's interesting uh, how you, you've you tactically said you don't make big decisions on, on Monday. Um, so I, uh, there's this quote in your book um, that I'm, I love. It's in a section, page 25, find my play at work. And you say, remember how you felt when you were a fun-loving, carefree, stress-free kid waking up in the morning during summer vacation? Remember how the summers then seemed to go on forever? You'd meet up with your friends and do something new and exciting each day. And the hours would just fly by with you lost in play until the streetlights came on and you had to go home. And after dinner, you'd dream about getting back with your friends the next day. What if you could get back to loving to wake up each day and create something new? What if you could be doing what you love doing? And then I love the way you say this dot, dot, dot for a living. Yeah. And um, I just think uh, helping people pursue what they love, the passion that they've been given uh, to make a difference in the world is the best life that we that we could live, right? So why do you think so many people go ahead? I think it benefits you in so many ways because if you remember those, I don't know if that took you back to one for you, uh, but for me, it took me back to my days in Jackson, Michigan, where, uh, I love playing sports and yep. play just one, you know, it wasn't just baseball. It was Chicago softball. It would be kickball. It would be using a rubber ball and a kickball. We played every sport we could find and we made sports up and we did that all day long. Why did I go into sports? Why didn't I follow that passion? Well, that was my play, but really where my passion is, is a little bit different. And it was, I could sit here and tell you, talk to you all day long about, your bathroom. And if you're looking to remodel your bathroom, I could probably sit here and talk for the next three hours about your bathroom. So it's not necessarily, you know, let's go play baseball or let's go play football or play a sport. Sports for me was an outlet and fun. And I found that really my passion was more about, especially now, I love talking about business with entrepreneurs. I love talking about homes. So when you find it, isn't it easier just to talk about and you find it's more natural, just like we're having this great conversation now. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I remember as a kid in Spencer, Iowa, there was a vacant lot, uh, kind of kitty corner from our house. And we decided with a bunch of buddies to actually build um, a baseball field and uh, a wiffle ball field, right? And 
And so I remember getting on my bike and dragging this uh, snow wooden fence, you know, behind the behind my bike for miles to get it to get it to set it up as our home run fence. And we, we built the whole thing and we weren't an organized. We just got out and played, you know, and built the built the thing. And and that, that was exciting. Um, so, yeah, when you were when when I was reading this, I was thinking about my childhood in Spencer and how you know, being an entrepreneur isn't carefree. Uh, there's stresses involved with it, right? There are hard things. I, I don't want to, I don't want to deceive people that are listening to this. It's, it's been really hard since 2008 for you. Uh, but it's a different hard. It's a different hard. And I think there's a great phrase going out there now. It's uh, pick your hard. It's uh, hard to stay in shape, but it's hard to go to the doctor. If you don't stay in shape, pick your hard. And, and it goes on and on. You're, you're right. You know, I, I would tell you, you know, if you said, Hey, Chris, since you started your business, have you ever worked a day in your life? Oh, please tell me the answer is, Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. I work every day, but I'm doing something I love. I mean, I, I sat here at dinner seven o'clock on a Friday night. I get a frantic call from a real estate agent. If you don't come clean off this grout on this brick, on this house, this deal will fall through and it has to be done by 8 PM tonight. I had to stop dinner, get my truck, drive up, take a steel brush, literally taking off three inches of this. And if you want to tell me that I was loving what I was doing, I thought I picked the right business at that point. I'll yeah. tell you, I didn't exactly. Because <laughs> as you all know, if you're listening to this, that's an irrational request that isn't going to stop a $500,000 house from going to be sold. But I went and did it. And that's what you do as an entrepreneur is you just sometimes have to get up, get out and get it done. I have a friend who's a, he's actually an owner of a kitchen and bath remodeling business here in Madison. And uh, so in the same industry that you're in and uh, just a couple of weeks ago on his wife's birthday, he got a, got in his company van. He's the owner, right? He's the, he's the CEO of this company and drove to Kansas to pick up a cabinet to drive back to Madison for a project. Um, and I, I, I was just stunned. I'm like, that is customer service at its finest, right? That, that family could have waited. Um, but they were, they were frustrated. They didn't want to wait. And so he went and did it drive to Kansas. <laughs> so you gotta, there's, there's challenges, right? Always. Or if you think, hey, I'm going to go be an entrepreneur and I'm never going to have another boss ever again. Guess what? <laughs> oh, guess what? You, you just got them in spades. I, I, uh, the <laughs> moment for me was when I started my business, I had gone from working in a machine shop to being an engineer to working in consulting and having that job. I started my business. And I told you, I think I had a great business plan. You heard the story about the phone. But let me tell you the next thing I figured out. I'm in the retail business. I had never even once worked in a restaurant. I had never worked in a clothing shop. I had never been working with the general public in quotes. And now I'm working with them on their number one asset. Think about the anxiety level I was dealing with. And I was like, holy cow, people are nuts. <laughs> yeah. It's their home. Yeah. Right? So I had <laughs> bosses really quick. You had a whole bunch of bosses. Come and scrape off this grout. Yeah. Or the deal's done. That's a boss. Wow. Um, 
What would you at the uh, end, near the end of this podcast, what would you like to say to someone who might be listening, who's in that space? They've been, they've been thinking about, like you said, you threw the tie across the the bedroom many times. Um, they've been thinking about leaving. They've been thinking about pursuing something different. They've been, they've been thinking about it for a long time and not taking action. And they're slowly dying <laughs> um, because they know they need to do something different. There's something more for them to do. What would you like to say to them? Well, first I'd say uh, buy my book. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> By the way, here it is. Yeah, there you go. It's really good. Uh, From the zoo to the wild. Yeah. You know, uh, for me as a natural, nat- uh, natural extrovert, it was surrounding myself with people who did take the leap and then listening to them asking pointed questions, making myself interesting. Uh, Before I did this, uh, one of my great friends had a tire recapping business. It's a dirty, filthy, very hard business. To recap a tire in commercial uh, trucks is really hard. I went and I uh, went to his place. I left the bank one day with my suit, fancy car, drove down to his place where he's there with jeans, soot all over the place. He's got a hundred guys at his shop, very successful. He gets up every day at 3.30. He gets home every night at 6. He uh, he works very hard. And I watched him and he says, this is the air, uh, place you want to be? And I went, yep, this is the kind of stuff I want to do. So when you go talk to people like that and you start just investigating, you start to figure out if that passion starts to well up in you. But surround yourself. Go And and I'll put myself out there as a resource. I'd be happy to talk with anybody for 30 minutes. I'm, I love talking, so... Anybody wants to call me? I'd love. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome! What a great, great, generous offer! I'd encourage you to take uh, Chris up on it if you're in that space. Um, So, surround yourself with people who have been there or in the in the midst of that, and and talk with them and research. I I love the way that you have researched uh, the process as you were thinking about it. Anything else you'd share with them? Oh, geez, there's, there's obviously there's so much. I think uh, again, find find your way to find your play, uh, because that's that passion's going to really work out. But for me, it was finding out that I really was optimistic, and I really did have perseverance. I always knew I was kind of a hard worker. I mean, again, you've got to be very real with yourself in the entrepreneurial world. In corporate America, you have to keep yourself veiled and sometimes uh, hidden because of different agendas and different different kind of the march that happens. And that's just part of the deal. But when you're out there in the wild, uh, you have got to be very real with yourself. And sometimes you got to look at yourself and go, you know what? You really stink at that, buddy. And don't ever do that again. Don't do that again. (laughs) Find someone else to do that. And that's why I have a bookkeeper now. Because I came out of banking going, I'm an accountant. I'm really good. No, I'm not. I'm (laughs) But I, I banged along as far as I could. And I finally had to hire somebody five years ago. And so now I I can't. I, I, we had our meeting yesterday. And I was like, Phew, thank God I only had a one hour of this this time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I, I really appreciate the time you've taken to, to chat with uh, those who are listening or watching my podcast. Um, thank you for... Um, just the time and the energy that you have invested in your dream 
and uh, that's going to bless so many people. And right, and taking the time, I'm writing my second book right now. I'm in the final editing process of it, so I know what it takes to put this together and to put it out in the world. That's a fear too, right? You'd mentioned the imposter syndrome. Oh my gosh, does that hit us every which way when we try to put something out? Because when you write a book, you're perceived as an expert, but you're sharing your life story with this. And it's going to be a, it's a blessing to me as I've read it. And it's going to be a blessing to others too. So thanks for doing that as well. And blessings on your future endeavors. And maybe we'll get you back on the podcast again uh, and and share the development of that dream that you're kind of wondering if you're, oh, am I going to pull the trigger on that one? And we'll continue to find the, the, um, the space to be encouragers in each other's journey. And maybe we'll meet up in Nantahala sometime. You know what? You're on there. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to seek you out. Uh, if you get down there again, I'm going to find out. We're going to come up and find you. Sky, can't That's going to be awesome, man. We can meet face to face. So yeah. uh, as we conclude here, uh, how can people learn more about uh, the trusted toolbox, what you're up to uh, purchase your book? Uh, if they want to talk to you about their own entrepreneurial journey, um, how can they get a hold of you? What's the best way to do that, Chris? Yeah, the best way is going to be Chris at thetrustedtoolbox.com. That's my email. I also have the book website out there, Zoo2Wild, Zoo2Wild.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Chris Lalamia, all uh, one word. And you can always uh, slide into my DM and send me a message. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, so that's the way you can best get me. Uh, email and text messages are usually the best for me. But let's start with email. And I would love to talk to anybody who has an idea and wants to bounce it off me for 30 minutes, I'm thrilled. Awesome, Chris. Thank you so much. Blessings on your journey, friend. And uh, may you uh, be rewarded for all the help you provide people with their, as you said, number one asset, um, helping them with their homes and creating it and making it a home that they, they're proud to live in. Honor to talk to you, brother. Thank you. All right. I love it too. Thanks again. All right. Hey, fellow dreamer, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, jeffmeyer.org, for all the show notes and links. And remember, fear will come, fear will stay. Move forward anyway.